The all-new Sprinter from Mercedes-Benz invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Robin Hitchcock. How's this said, We've got a proper musician on the show. Amazing. Yesterday we had fake musicians from Boytown. Tomorrow more of the same. But today, Robin Hitchcock, welcome aboard. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Great to be here. Any idea what you're letting yourself in for here? No. No. What can we promise our guest, Ed? Uh, we're going to find out who's won best of the best at the Cat Fanciers Association. Which particular cat they fancy. That's right. <laughs> it's coming up later. And I don't seem to have anything else written down on my sheets. Surely that can't be the whole program. Uh, we're going to find out what's happened to Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers. Who else is due for a comeback? Obviously, we've been tackling the Nick Kershaw back catalogue this week. Uh, have we ever? Ta- Remember the Nick Kershaw story, Robin? Did he get out here? He did. <laughs> In a big way. Wow. His synthesizers have left quite impression. <laughs> and Jeez. we're going to be asking, what instrument is that? And I think that's something Robin will be able to help oh, us with. Oh, yeah. It's all coming up. Now, get this. I have been surprised by the level of public disquiet. It's turned out to be much greater than I expected. Oh, that's just not true. Come on, John. That's so those stranglers with skin deep here at Get This Around the Nation on Triple M or on KOFM if you're listening in Newcastle. It's me, Tony Martin. It's that man, Ed Cavill. Yeah, it's good morning. Richard Marsden pushing a button or two. And a big round of applause for Mr. Robin Hitchcock. Yeah. Welcome aboard, Robin. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. You know, we can't play any of your music. I'm going to say that right up front. Right. That doesn't stop people from getting, you know, coming in on the show, though. Right. The fact that we can't play their music. Can't play any of mine. No, that's right. Yeah. I mean... What have you put out lately, Ed? A lot of metal, a lot of very, very edgy metal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, synth metal. Yeah. yeah. Kershaw metal, basically. That's what we're pushing. Uh. Kershaw metal. Uh. Yeah. Uh. A lot of synth, then you break it. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try and explain who you are to our listeners, Robin. Well, tell me as well. You'll enjoy this. I'm dying to know. I, yeah. I didn't know who you were, but I am a big fan of a film called Stop Making Sense with the Talking Heads. Oh, yeah, I'm a fan of that. That was Jonathan Demme made that back in the... Uh, in the 80s. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he directs your proper film, you know, from time to time, like your Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. But then he'll go back and just film some kind of concert. And he did one a few years ago called Swimming to Cambodia, which was Spalding Grey. Oh, that's right, Spalding yeah. Grey. Just yeah. sitting at a desk yeah. for an hour yeah, and a yeah, half. Yeah. Forking. And that was a movie. Yeah. And it was an excellent movie. Never came out here. So I always keep an eye out for when he's doing some kind of performance movie. Yeah. 1998, he does one called Storefront Hitchcock. <laughs> It's a bloke standing in the window of a record shop for an entire movie singing songs. Actually, it was a, a an abandoned uh, fur store on, on 14th Street in New York. Right, right. It was all these little Russian um, bits bits of paper with Russian script on it, and Greek, you know, saying where they stored all the different fur, furs. They were furriers. Right, the you fur know, district. I, yeah, I was down, and um, so it was there. I was standing with my back to the road and um there was just a simple uh, you know four camera crew and uh, 35 person audience and okay. catering makeup and lights discreetly stashed inside this abandoned furriers and uh, jonathan directing me to sing uh, some songs to the 35 people. We did this four times and then they condensed that into Storefront Hitchcock. But that's what you're referring to. Anyway. It's a movie and it never came out here. You can't even get it on video. And then someone, a friend of mine, sent it, uh, sent the soundtrack album to me. Fantastic! Yeah. Gold! Yeah. Been listening to it all weekend. 
But you're saying it did come out here maybe at a film festival it was shown. Yeah, that was the last time I was here was to introduce it at the Sydney Film Festival in uh, 99. How did that go? Back in the 20th century. It went so well that, in fact, uh, Dave Graney came out and said, hey, your shirt swapped in the fourth reel and then it went back in the fifth one. And I said, no, I didn't. I changed my shirt for the very end bit because I know I remember that. He said, well, I think... I think it's changed. So anyway, we found that they swapped reels four and five. <laughs> and nobody else noticed. I don't know if that's happened with Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> I was once at the Auckland Film Festival in the early 80s, oh, yes. and there was a film, a French film called A Clean Slate, which is based on a uh, Jim Thompson crime novel. Yep. And they showed it, and it had a really abrupt ending all of a sudden. And everyone came out going, oh, that was an enigmatic ending. All the reviews later that week went, oh, the way leaves it on that ambiguous note. They just forgot to show the last reel. <laughs> but the reviews oh. were sensational. <laughs> that can often happen at a film festival. Well, all you've got to do is stick the credits in and no one's going to know. Yeah. I, uh, I saw Dude, Where's My Car? Uh, and they didn't find, you know, they just, it just stopped. They hadn't found the car. They were still really stoned. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> DVD, I was a little bit disappointed. <laughs> Keep the audience guessing. Yeah. Uh, but obviously you've been, how long have you been getting around with your guitar, writing and singing songs, Robin? I'm afraid it's 30 years now. 30 Pro years. Professionally, yeah. Wow. Now, I remember, I don't, I never heard any of the work of this band, but I certainly remember the name, The Soft Boys. Was that you? Oh, well, uh, yeah, they were my songs. I was the main man of The Soft Boys. What a claim, eh? And what era are we talking there, and who were your contemporaries, and what was your go? Yeah. Well, our go was in the opposite direction to everybody else's, which is why nobody really heard of us. Right. And so to, the, to this day, I'm always perceived as someone swimming in the opposite direction to everybody else, mm. and probably am. Mm. But, uh, no, this was 76, 77, so this was when um, The Damned and The Clash and The Sex Pistols and all that lot got going, you know, groups with V again, which yeah. I thought was great. I like that, yeah. short songs and all that. But our stuff was more uh, based around the stuff from 66, 67, the sort of psychedelic movement, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. early Floyd, the Beatles doing Revolver, right. Right. Um, Bob Dylan doing Blonde on Blonde, the stuff that's now always the sort of, you know, the top ten records in all the classic yeah, magazines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but at that time it was seen as, um, whatever the word was, uh, you know, heresy to, to refer back to that. You were meant to refer back to Iggy yes. or the Velvet Underground, but there was no history. There was lots of year zeros around then. Well, there was lots of... Uh, the punk rock seemed to be trying to uh, get rid of, um, well, was it Genesis music like that? Prog oh, rock that right? albums that had like three or four discs about travelling to the journey of the centre of the earth. You know, that kind oh, of that thing. Kind that was what yeah. punk rock what was trying to get rid of. But you'll notice it's back now. It is. You know? Well, we weren't doing... That. I mean, I like I like the brevity of punk rock. You know, get on with it. Let's get right. it back to stuff on a 45 minutes... Yeah, 45... A 45. <laughs> you know, make it all under three minutes if you can. You that's go. that's a great thing. But but we were just drawn to different stuff from punk. So it didn't it didn't work with the the new wave police, you know. Right. And yeah. so we just sort of we uh, we didn't do too well. We made we <laughs> we kind of we made it once to New York and it's like that the bit at the beginning of Monty Python, you know when Michael Palin comes ashore and sort of there's this figure making it onto yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> we sort of fell, fell to our death on the beach, gasped, the hand went up, and the soft boys, thump. That was it. And the soft boys expired, but about me, what we didn't realise was that, because we'd sold a few records, but none of them ever sold in Britain, never made the charts, nobody came to the gigs. 
You know, we when never you say we, nobody. I mean nobody. What's the least amount of people that showed up ever? Uh, well, four in York. Uh, and how and, many are in uh, the band? Four, so it was equal. That's we could okay. have given each of them a sandwich. One each. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but then we were brutally outnumbered in Edinburgh on the same tour when there were ten of them. Oh. But four of those were American servicemen who were tripping. <laughs> they loved it. They loved it. They're they still there. did, but their politics were not ours. They came back saying, hey, man, Carter's a pussy. We should nuke Iran. <laughs> and, you know, even then we were, you know, pacifist lefties. And we saw, oh, geez, we signed their posters and went for a sandwich. <laughs> but <laughs> here we are. 30 years later talking about them and obviously you're touring around Australia at the moment and people are coming along it's not four people and a dog no I haven't seen any dogs at all actually (laughs) Caroline's done something to stop them getting I I know you've been to Freo you were in uh, the Spiegel tent in Melbourne last night how was that it was great I'm I'm sure I was in it in Edinburgh not the same time but Uh, uh, not the one with the tripping marines but about five years ago and um it looked completely different. So it might be like the TARDIS, you know, it just changes all the time. It is the one tent, though, isn't it? They yeah, pack it up yeah, and they send so. it around the world. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, no, oh. there might be a couple of them rotating around the world, actually. Yeah, because oh, like Kim Jong-il's doubles. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's that? Kim Jong-il running North Korea. Oh, that one. That Doing Kim Jong-il. I'm job. sorry. <laughs> can't be, if he has to go and play a gig with just four people there, it sends along one of the doubles. You know it. And it's exhausting for them maintaining <laughs> the bouffant hairstyle. Yeah, it's yeah. just right. Yes, we differ on our underground tests. <laughs> We've had, listen to our listeners, they've got a theory. Michael has emailed us to say, is it just a coincidence that Benny Hill died around the same time that Kim Jong-il came to power? Finally. Finally, someone's lifted the lid. Benny's thought, okay, I could chase tail, uh, sort of fast motion style for the rest of my life, but there's got to be something more. <laughs> there's nuclear explosions. And he's donned the buffont, got some platforms, yeah. gone off to, you know, North Korea, got himself elected dictator. I'm not sure how he did that. Is this the North Korean national anthem? Is that it? Is that what they got going on the border to frighten them down south? See, what I love, Robin, is we can't play any of your 30 years of fantastic music, but we can give this a run. Is Robin steering the space, probably trying to work out the chord structure of that enormously elaborate piece of music. Someone what? got very rich off yakety sax, didn't they? <laughs> I'd hate to think that they didn't, you know, one of those things where they didn't patent it. Yeah. And now, now it just everyone owns it. I really hope the creator got some sweet coin out of yakety sax. <laughs> we have, uh, I have, a, do you have that situation where you get weird little checks for, for songs you've written years ago, Robin? Actually, yes, I do. Mm. Yeah, completely. Why well, have you just had some? I uh, wrote a piece of music. What? And it's registered with APRA, and it's called, the name of the music is, and I apologise if this offends, Shit Music. And all it is, is this, it's just this, Shit Music, 23 FM. Yeah. <laughs> and it's on a comedy sketch on an album, and about every seven years I get a cheque for 28 cents. <laughs> what, for, Somehow that's a composition. For what? <laughs> for that piece of music. <laughs> Shit Music, brackets, Martin. That comes in occasionally. Impressed, um, Robin? St- I am. I mean, I've, I've got a royalty check recently for writing Our Friends Electric by Gary Newman. Oh, you wow. didn't write that, did you? No, I didn't. Because oh, we were playing that <laughs> on the show yesterday. <laughs> oh, oh, they just sent excited. me. I'm, I'm going to have to give it back to them, actually. I got about 80 quid. <laughs> <laughs> We've never established really where the friends are, in fact, electric. That's the kind of thing oh, we do on this show. Gonna tell. You have to lick them and then put one of your hands mm. in the socket, but you don't want to try it. Well, you can, I mean. <laughs> well, try it. We've got a song coming up right now. Lick yeah. a friend. <laughs> and I'm afraid it's not one of Robin's, but let's pretend it is. 
Oh, that'd be Jess. Here again, this from the new album Shine, I'm guessing. Uh, Robin Hitchcock, singer, songwriter, musician Robin Hitchcock, is on tour throughout Australia at the moment. He also has a new album out. Tell us about uh, Ole Tarantula. <laughs> well, it's the new album yeah, since sure you is. asked, Tony, and it's out on Belmore Records, and yeah. we're selling it in the foyer of whichever venues we're at, which will include uh, tomorrow, the basement in Sydney. Yes. The day after that, I believe we're in Richmond. No, no, we're not in Richmond. Whoops, we're in Katoomba. Yes. But we'll still have a, you know, there'll be a foyer. We're taking it with <laughs> us. And then and then we're bringing the foyer uh, back to Richmond here in Melbourne, which I believe is the third Groovers strip. Uh. If you link that up with... Uh, Fitzroy, you know, St Kilda and Brunswick. No, you can make you can make a, you can make a triangle. Yes. And then the uh what the ones known as Naboth Hump from the planet Hoon, who are obviously have you know have twenty four hour surveillance on Oz. Uh, look, and they see them linked, and they say that this triangle creates three groovers strips, which means that this place is, is hallowed and enlightened ground. We were just saying that yesterday, were we? Yeah? <laughs> it's amazing. But then where does Ballarat fit into your yeah. evil plan? Because you're off to Ballarat on the 21st. Oh, I, I don't know. Caroline did that. I don't, well, know, if I don't know if there's a foyer in Ballarat. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe, you know, the, uh, the, the ones from on high. Mr. Marsden, the B Ballarat story, can you give it to us? Uh, do I look like a kind of Ballarat kind of guy? You, you look like a guy who knows stuff. You know where the beats are uh, in Ballarat, don't yeah. you, Rich? <laughs> uh, it's a town founded uh, on the mining uh, explosion. Mm -hmm. that, I not, think. Not an explosion, but you know. Explosion, Is that where you yeah. can go to? Is Crowell Castle near Crowell there? Crowell Castle. Where you can go there and just be locked in the stocks, you know, like ah, a fake like medieval. See, in England, they have real uh, medieval yeah. castles. Here we have cardboard ones where you can just go and get you in the stocks it. for a day. It's fantastic. Can you go and uh, pan for uh, gold in a creek that probably never had any in it? Sovereign <laughs> Hill. Oh, yeah. right. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, it's so like a. Nickel Creek. It's like the oldie sort of Deadwood town. Oh, right. With the oldie sheriff and that. Plenty kind of, and do. Like really bad dentistry. Village yeah. drunk. Ah, village So what, were they mining for gold? Yeah. Uh, is there still a gold mine there or just a foyer? I don't know. Do they still get gold? There's a merchandising gold? stand. As long as there's some merch. You know, this is the thing. Where there's a, mar where there's a marketplace, there's a community. Yeah. <laughs> and as long as people buy things off each other, they won't kill each other. <laughs> Robin, uh, I don't like to single out people in your band, but it, uh, it has to be noted oh, that uh, Peter Buck from R.E.M. is touring with you. Is well, actually, he is. They're all, they're all from R.E.M. Peter Buck... Uh, Scott McCoy on bass and Bill Rieflin on drums are mm. half of REM and they're also three quarters of the minus five, which is what right. they are when they play with doing Scott songs. Right. With me, they're the Venus Three. Very nice. And uh, I th there's other projects they do as well. Bill and, and Peter uh, in slow music with oh, um, Robert Fripp and stuff. Back in the 80s, when you would uh, read an interview with REM, they'd often uh, cite you as one of their influences. So does that what you get when you tour around with them? They're just sitting at your feet, looking up, <laughs> taking notes, going, give us the, the mm, word? No, but they're quite attuned to, uh, to what I play. And uh, a few of the older songs... Um, I was going to say about the soft boys, you know, we, mm. we never seemed to go anywhere, but we managed to make a living. So we were trying yep. to figure out where did this stuff go? Why did we get a bit of money coming oh, right. in? And we found out that we'd been selling records on export to the States. Mm. Obviously, we weren't, you know, organized enough to actually get over there and tour right. apart right. from our one last gasp in New York. Right. But after we'd last gasped, you know, we found that these things had been, they'd been going specifically to a warehouse in Georgia. Right. And Peter Buck was working in a record shop in Athens at Is that point, right? and he was selling our stuff. Meanwhile, Scott McCoy was in a record shop in Seattle, and he was also selling our stuff. And Bill Rieflin was in one just down the road. And 
I've met scores of American musicians over the last 20 years who basically flogged our stuff and then they'd put it on and think, oh, this doesn't sound too bad. But because we were utterly obscure, nobody knew what it was. So right. it was slightly romantic for them. And there's this English bloke, and, you know, there's that English group, you know, the Sofa Boys. What is that? <laughs> you know, there was no Google in those days. You couldn't find out anything about it. You know, we were... We were shunned or, or disliked by the, the sort of media and stuff so there wasn't anything yeah. to handle to get on us you know except for a few records so in consequence the whole thing became a, a sort of a, it became a cult in the states and um, and yes. then and which I'll is to, you know, so yeah. to this day you know I mean it's not like I made them all drink poison or anything okay but still um, time Still time for that. <laughs> I mean, you've got, a, you've got a national platform today. Maybe a call to arm for your fans, rise up, something like that. Well, we... <laughs> you mentioned uh, being Googled, and certainly uh, yours is one of the few unvandalized pages on the uh, Wikipedia. Mm, no, unfortunately. <laughs> no. no. No, there's nothing offensive. Uh... Get, don't go to our pages. That's They've all been locked down. But uh, it's amazing. Hey, we mentioned... Um, the Jonathan Demi film. Were you in The Manchurian Candidate, the remake that came out I recently? I was. I'm at the beginning misleading Denzel Washington oh. in the desert. Oh. What was that like, doing a scene with Denzel Washington? It was very interesting because um, he did everything in character. Right. So there was no sort of, hello, my name's Denzel, I'm a Capricorn, how are you? Her, 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 my right. current favourites are Genesis and David Bowie. <laughs> I hate to think that's um, Genesis. You know, uh, he actually just came in and started reciting this stuff uh, from the script. Yeah. You know, so why can't we go there? Oh, can't go there. Mines, tricky, Swedish made. What about here? It's not good here. It's bad, it's bad. You know, uh, and uh, we just went round this piece actually improvising a fair bit about yeah. 20 times and jonathan and his people sort of took the best bit and then we went off into a car where there were no i say a car we were in a jeep the whole time in a in a quarry in new jersey um and uh he, he, we had to improvise more stuff but to be filmed from outside so we, there was no mics on us so he was then at this point saying things like yeah, I went to a pub once in the old Kent Road. It was like that. And I said, oh, yes, I know. That's sort of South East London. So, so where do you live? And I said, I live over there. But all the movements corresponded to what <laughs> we were doing. Uh, the brainwashing and, uh, CIA assassination attempt. Yeah, and uh, that was it. And the only other time I met him was when I was on the train and he's supposed to be, at this point, he's had his breakdown and come out of the yeah, army yeah. and he's having, you know, the negative flashbacks. And, uh, and so I just walked up to him and uh, he went sort of, ah! Like that, you know, and disappeared. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I was a spook. So um, it was very interesting. And it, it made it easier for me because I'm not an, act, an actor. No. You know, I'm not a professional actor. Jonathan Demi said, well, you know, it's all performance. Just go and perform. Uh, he loves but, doing but, that, but, though. You know, and if you're, if you're acting, if you're with someone else who's, they're playing, they believe in it, you know, then you do it too. It's a lot easier. Uh, it was nice for me. So. Just reacting. Yeah, just reacting. And he loves doing that, Jonathan Demme. He's always putting yeah. actuals. He, Roger Corman seems to be in all of his films playing the president. <laughs> he shows up. He worked for Roger Corman, didn't he, to start with? Yeah. In the Roger Corman He did a few of those uh, caged women, you know, kind of movies. You know, oh, tough chicks in prison beating oh, each other up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a lot of that gear. Yeah, that was one of the one. Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, another thing that happens when you look you up on the uh, internet, see if you can do this. Look up Robin Hitchcock and find any kind of article or piece of writing that doesn't mention Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd. What is that? It's like people just love to compare you to... Well, Sid Barrett was... I mean, he was brilliant. You know, yes. he, was, he was, as far as I'm concerned, he was up there with Bob Dylan and John mm. Lennon. 
mm. um, who I've also been equally influenced by. Right. I think I sound probably more like, as a singer, I probably sound more like John Lennon. Yes. In a way, that's what I've been listening to since I was 10. Was right, that? right. So if there's one saturation influence, it would be Lennon in the way I sing. But obviously, you know, Dylan as well. But to me, the th third part of that triumvirate was uh, Sid Barrett, who and only, was, yeah. you know, he only put out three records and the others had... He just did one with it. the Pink Floyd one and then... One with the Floyd and two um, solo. But, I mean, I think they're, they're just beautiful pieces. Yeah. Uh, but again, any, he's... Uh, Sid Barrett coming up, Haven't Richard. got any Piper of the Gates at all, sorry. Right. <laughs> no, well, I figured if you weren't going to be playing me, you wouldn't be playing him. But, but if you're not going to play him, you won't play me. <laughs> but you've got to go. <laughs> Two for the price of one. <laughs> but you can track down all this gear on you the You can internet. track them down. They're really good. I recommend um, Piper at the Gates of Dawn is the, is the most organised because it's with the Pink Floyd. And then he did two more ramshackle records because he was beginning to fall apart with it in terms right. of writing stuff. But they're absolutely beautiful. But he's not uh, going to be coming back. Uh, Nick Kershaw is coming back, however. Oh, um, finally. We've got so many other people. We, yeah. You know, we've been raving for, I don't know quite why, Nick Kershaw has been getting such a big flag on this show. You're trying to dig him up, exhuming him. Well, he, just, he doesn't get enough credit, one. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the influence of the chroma key suit. The chroma key suit, is, that was an extraordinary video it, for Wouldn't It Be Good. You know, it's still uh, it's still being kind of felt. Mm. The ripples of that effect are still like, full, to be fully realised. Yeah. And the man, you know, the man likes synth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's not afraid to have three keyboards going at once at a concert. And I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, you know. Well, so soon after Genesis, we're, we're also bulldozed off the map by the new wave police. You know, <laughs> Nick Kershaw came back with the three synthesizers and the hair. And some big pants and a puffy shirt and high belts. But why should Nick Kershaw have all the comeback fun? Uh, Who else would people like to see coming back? You know it. That's what we're going to throw out to the listeners today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've got Robin Hitchcock here. Mm -hmm. He'll throw an oar in. He'll have a thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> he may not agree with everything our listeners. No, that's okay. Have I'm to just offer. thinking about Benny Hill, you know, and you were yep. saying how he he disappeared and then uh, Kim Jong Il Kim Jong Il appeared. Yeah. But do you know that Benny Hill's grave was actually desecrated not long after he died? Yes. Benny was, was dug up for his his jewellery, his mm. bling. Oh, really? Yeah. Not that for a weekend at Bernie's style <laughs> romp. The no. steak. Oh, oh, a weekend romp. Uh, what's the word for it? Um, sex. <laughs> I no. don't know. You know, I mean, whenever I went round to Benny's house, he was deep in Kierkegaard and, and you know, the lust bunnies were nowhere to be seen. He'd, he'd peer at me sternly over his, his pince-nez and ask me if I'd, you know... <laughs> Studied my Ibsen and uh, Strindberg and all the rest of it. That's for you. Yeah, he was a cat. But um, always in fast motion. <laughs> I'd like to think when they were digging up their grave, that music was going that... Remember that one? That's not Ernie the fastest milkman, is it? No, I don't think so. The Age of Aquarius always got a big run on the Benny Hill show. I can never wear that out. Hey, we've dragged a great musician down to our level. Yes. As we so often do. And yes. there's more to come. And get this. Get this. Russell Crowe is one who won't touch it with a barge pole. For the next big thing from Mercedes-Benz, the all-new Sprinter. It's Get This Around the Nation on Triple M or KOFM in Newcastle. Musician Robin Hitchcock is with us. I've been listening to his music in the car all weekend. So many of your songs have got uh, stuck in my head. The one in 1974 we were talking about off air, one called I Want to Live in the Trees, or We're Going to Live in the Trees. We're going to live in the trees, yeah. yeah. And uh, another song called uh, Creeped Out American Girl. 
that's, yes. that's worth tracking down for a download if you're on the internet. Yeah, right. But hey, interesting old lyrics. What is your songwriting process? Do you censor yourself at all? No, no. I think the important thing is to let everything come out. Yeah. You know, like you do in dreams. I mean, mm. or I do anyway. That the, the same process of uh, unfiltered thought, if you like, comes mm. through. And in a way, you then find out what's really going on inside you. I mean, this doesn't work if you're doing a critique of the Western universe. But I mean, how many rock, <laughs> how many rock writers are? You know, that's the next show. We haven't got time for that, Robert. E- even Benny Hill stumbled on that altar. <laughs> but as you know, given that most rock writers are basically writing about themselves or the mm. world as they feel it, uh, you know, the thing is, is to let everything come through. And if it goes green, green, plink, tomato, screech, abdomen, Phoebe, baby, underwear, cross on nostrils, oh, Tony, as it so often does. Then write that down because that's obviously what you're trying to tell yourself. Yeah, now yeah. you might say, "Oh, I put too many greens, and I'll take out underwear or something because I'll make it scan." You know, yeah, yeah, and also yeah, yeah. people have got limited attention spans. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we learn from the terrible fate of Genesis that certain things don't work. You know, seventeen car tramways don't work, and uh, you know, triple vinyl albums only work if you buy them but never play them. Yeah. Yeah. And essentially, especially in this sound by era, I've now been talking for two and a half seconds too long. That's, so you certainly snip, have. You know, I started playing a Game Boy halfway through that. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, this kind of thinking doesn't necessarily get you onto the radio, does it? No, uh, but what does? Uh, well, I mean, who is on the radio? Well, we have a big controversy in this country at the moment. I'm sure you know about the idol phenomenon around uh, the world. Have you heard about that? Australian uh, Idol or UK Idol? You'd have that over there. Eric Idol. <laughs> Eric yeah. Idol. That would be a good show. He won. He won first. He won the first one. He was yeah. champion for it's a, a long time. Series, (laughs) but uh, the big controversy is what happens is these kids come on this show and they do cover versions of songs. And the idea, the reason it uh, gives me the shits is the idea that good singing is that kind of Mariah Carey singing where you hit as many notes, vocal gymnastics, it's all show offy and vocal gymnastics, as if somehow that is what good singing is. Uh, well, then maybe we're due for a punk revival where people sing like they've just been punched in the mouth and they've got a tangerine there anyway. That's, <gasps> right. well, that's always good. Now, that would make an interesting night on Idol. Yeah. Punk night. Everyone with a tangerine. One yeah. punch, just a strong punch yeah. from a local boxer. And Kyle, they, you they'd have to demonstrate on Kyle at the oh, beginning several a lot times. Of demonstrations. He's the judge. Yeah. But uh, what's happening now is blokes Punch gone... the Judge, that's a good title for a program, isn't it? <laughs> that's just... Good evening and welcome to Punch the Judge on Triple M. <laughs> and it's a two-hour episode. But what happened, uh, I wasn't watching it, Ed. Some bloke decided to go on do his own song. No, well, what's happened is that they've, they allowed them to play uh, an instrument if they wish. Mm. The first time it's ever happened, you can go on and play a guitar because some of them were kind of guitar players. Mm. The, the ones that didn't know how to play guitar, and this is how like, the dodgy way they got around it, they used their voice as their instrument. Uh, right. And they kept telling us that. I mean, just get out there with a triangle and bang at it for a bit at least, you know, just yeah. to give the appearance. You know, have a glockenspiel, something. But one of this dude called Bobby Flynn, who's a, he's great. He, he, he makes up his own arrangements of these songs rather than just sort of coming out and doing yeah. sort of dodgy, boring covers of them. And, of course, got voted out and off he goes. Yeah. And who did he lose to, though? Just oh, Someone you know, doing the Mariah Carey singing? Yeah, just a myriad of kind of, you know, sort of like T-shirt you know, ironic T-shirt wearing kind of 
semi-square-jawed, non-offensive, straight-down-the-barrel-looking, kind of glassy-eyed types. That's be... a very specific target, though, yeah, isn't right? it? <laughs> <laughs> but so the, that guy who's been voted out, that's yeah. probably for the best for his career, though. No, he'll, yeah, he'll what be What happens sweet. if you go on Idol? You get sucked into some record company nonsense, idiots writing songs for you. And, yeah, and, you're, and you're Second in... single doesn't sell, and you're gone, and you're back at McDonald's in a year and a half. <laughs> isn't that how it works? <laughs> I think you, and you, do, you spend oh. a lot of time sitting on steps, kind of in spotlights with open tuxes. Like looking up into the spotlight, yeah. you don't want that. So that guy will probably uh, yeah, walk his own path He's and might choice. get somewhere. He's choice. He's uh. totally choice. Yeah. I mean, I remember I was reading about split ends. On that, you would obviously know split ends, Robin. Yeah, yeah, the the Finns. Yeah, One the of fi- whom is playing here soon, isn't it? Tim, isn't Tim, Tim Finns? Uh, yeah, yeah. back on the circuit. But what happened? I was reading on the weekend. In fact, on Wikipedia, that in the early days of Split Ends, when they had this outrageous uh, theatrical stage, show, oh, they had the cone hair, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, little horns. Noel, Noel Crombie with the helicopter here. Yeah, they went on new faces in New Zealand and came second to last. <laughs> They're like the best thing in New Zealand in music for about five years, and they came second to last who, uh, on New Faces. Who, who, who'd they beat? They would have... Who did they beat? Yeah. <laughs> Dave Dobbin and Dee Dee Smash, I'm guessing. But who would have come first? It would have been somebody singing Up, Up and Away in My Beautiful Balloon. Oh, God. Are we we are making Robin feel sick with yeah, some of the music sorry. we are mentioning. I at might this. have been sick already. Hey, it's time for... Hey, you can... Yeah, take the notepad out, Robin, because Ed Cavalier is going to favour us with a tune right now. Often they just sound like CDs from the record library, but what are you doing for us? Oh, yeah, Tone. Today, uh, thankfully... This will be good. uh, He's done no preparation. there we go. You know what I'm into? At the moment, I'm into sort of screaming and guitars. Um, That's my... Am I? Yeah. Sort of? No, I'm not actually. Scratch what about that, preparation? Scratch Are you into that. preparation? It's enough out of you, Martin. I'm an artist. Don't try and change me. All right. Put a tangerine <laughs> in your mouth and start punching yourself <laughs> if you're an artist. Now, uh, Marsland, yeah. would, would, let's say, uh, do you think I'm more into keyboards this morning? I think it's more of a mellow rock tip that you're on today. Mm. Really? Yeah. I, I think you should Just be into getting me. on with it. No, hang on. Do you think I'm more into sort of acoustic and then screaming? <laughs> I would say like a sort of a, a mellow drum sort There's of thing. There's no time. Great. Okay. Uh, I yeah. I'll, I'll set my drums to mellow. <laughs> Two, three, four. It does just sound like the chisels. How dare you? <laughs> See you on the other side. That's the chisels here at Get This Around the Nation. Robin Hitchcock, musician, singer, songwriter, is with us. So many names he's flinging at us. You opened for The Cruel Sea a yeah, few years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, 93. We right. were just discussing uh, texts. Oh, texts. And he said he comes in here sometimes. Well, he's he go, he's been on Mick Malloy's show. He hasn't been on our show yet, but he's coming in with Tim yeah. Rogers. They've got a new oh. album out, and uh, they're sleeping together on the cover. Whoa. Well, he's a nice boy. He's got nice legs. <laughs> Is he just? Great pins. We're learning so much yeah. today. Yeah. Hey, let's get straight up the mountain. <laughs> Talkback Mountain, where we tackle the big issues of the day. Which bands, which artists, musicians should be coming back? Because, you know, Nick Kershaw's coming back. Jive Bunny. S- Oh, don't say Jive. Jive Bunny and the Master Mixers are due for a comeback. Really? 
Oh, yeah. Along with Stars on 45, the first oh, real match. Jeez, you had that yeah. here as well. Stars on 45. Okay, if we're going to talk about novelty uh, songs. Uh, 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 and excuse me, yes. I'm finished with Jive, buddy. Oh, there's uh, more? Because this is this is the kind of stuff that people forget. Their song, Let's Party, uh, of the, you know, it, no, it was number one, six weeks on the chart. Right, this is good stuff. Let ready. Whoa, Jive Bunny. This is some of the lyrics from Let's Party. Whoa, Jive Bunny. Come on, come on, everybody. Let's party. Jive Bunny, come on. Here we go again. Are you hanging your stocking on the wall? It's time when every Santa has a ball. Does he ride a red-nosed reindeer? Does a ton uh, upon his sleigh? Do the fairies keep him sober for a day? Don't tell me that still doesn't ring true. I like does a ton upon his sleigh. Yeah. But so this is what Robin was talking about of just not censoring yourself when you're writing lyrics. Do you think the bunny? Do you think the bunny? He sat down and he thought the fairy's keeping Santa sober for a day. Stuff it! I'm going to put it in. I don't care. It's <laughs> it's coming straight out of his third eye. Exactly. Uh, my party. It's my I, party. And I'll write it the way I want to. So I thought, you know, he calls it how he sees it. It may be unfair to classify Captain Sensible as novelty. Uh, so Captain Sensible was in The Damned, and in fact is again. Yeah. And see, yeah. there's an example of a man coming back. Who's right Captain there. Sensible? You know Captain Sensible. He had a cover version of Happy Talk. Did he not? Uh, Lost me. Uh, I oh, say wait, was Captain. That, they had it over there. And I that say was, what? Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah, Wiggles yeah, yeah, reference yeah, yeah. Captain Sensible, something, something. as Greg right, yeah, Fleet okay, pointed yeah. out. And what's your connection there? It. Well, Sensible and I were both Sid Barrett fans, in fact, so yep. we kind of met in the psychedelic underworld in how, London in about how, 1980. Can I ask, uh, how does one meet, you know, like when you're meeting in the psychedelic underworld... Like, what's going down? Like, well, oh, where are you and what's happening? Uh, you are in some subterranean basement, because yeah. all the basement basements are subterranean. Yeah. The lights are low. You can yeah. still smoke, because it's 1980. Yeah. Um, you can still fit into size 30 trousers, because it's yeah. 1980. And, uh, you know, the world is young, and you think you're old, because you're not. Yeah. And you're pretty darn groove-ass. But even, in 19, <laughs> even by 1980 standards, you know that the real... The real grail was, you know, 13 years in the past, 67, when oh, Barrett walked yeah. the earth and Sergeant Pepper came out. Yes. And me and Captain Sensible, we, you, know, we, we, you know, he was a punk and I wasn't, but we knew we'd missed it. We were second generation kids, you know, pining for the beads and the alchemy and the backwards stuff. And uh, anyway, so we, we bonded over all that and um, we also used to like to drink quite a lot in those days. There it is. And then he got a he got a solo deal with A and M and suddenly became a pop star. Yes. So he got his old friends in, including me, and I was brought in to write lyrics for the B sides and oh, stuff. Oh, for the B sides. And uh, and the occasional flop as well. But you know, <laughs> very nice. But there's somebody who's who's back. Yeah, back. Who else? Is there back. anyone you'd like to see back, Robin? Who you know hasn't been around for a few years? What have they been up to? Oh, Let's drag God. them out. I think the Kennedy brothers were good. I mean, it's a shame they shot both of them. Oh yeah, sure. Um, John Lennon, I always thought could have gone on longer. Yes, it's yeah. blame the blame the bullet. Mm. Um, you know, there are a lot of great people who aren't there anymore, and a lot of crap people who still are. Robin, mm. have you, you know. ever been tempted to bring out like a novelty novelty dance track? Mm. No, because that would be the end of me. I, you know, yes. we were talking about you know Dave Graney and Captain Sensible, and even Tex in bed with with that other bloke. Yeah, Tim Rogers. And there's this that thing that you. You know, you teeter on that very narrow mm. pyramid top between being a comedy artist and a serious artist, and yeah. who knows? But if you actually go right over that into making the comedy record, yeah. you'll never recover. You'll only you all you can ever do is make more comedy yeah. records. It's like Frank Zappa. You know, like f people my age for years just knew him as the bloke that did Valley Girl. Remember that uh, single, yeah, Valley yeah, Girl? Yeah, yeah. 
That right. was like his biggest chart. I think mean, possibly his only chart hit. Well, he had a particularly schizoid thing because he had that on one side. The other side was this very serious sort of techno squiggly lead guitarist that all these 40-year-old male virgins on acid would groove to. <laughs> Were now you there's in that a subculture. <laughs> there we go. Who would you like to see back, Ed Cavalier? Well, the JB, Jive Bunny, and his master mixes. <laughs> uh, and to be perfectly honest with you, I'd love to see the uh, the Kirsch, mm. uh, Nick Kirsch, and his triumvirate of uh, of synthesizers mm. doing a kind of back of a back of a truck tour around Australia. Just the Kirsch, yeah. the back of like a flat top truck driving through major centres, cranking out the hits. Mm. Don't tell me that won't get people involved. <laughs> That's that's bringing music back to the forget you your MySpace and your YouTube and your, and your emailing of whatever. We just need Nick Kershaw, three synthesizers in a truck on a truck, cruising around your major centres. And people go, "Jeez, I don't know what that is, but I feel better. I'm going to follow that truck to a better place." So would he appear in Cooper PD? Yes, he'd start in Cooper PD and he'd end in Cooper PD. He'd go wow. to Katoomba. He'd go to, he'd go to Richmond and Victoria. He'd go to Ballarat. That's where Robin. Hitchcock's going on a frankly slightly odd tour of Australia. I'm seeing a double act here. JB opening for the Kirsch on the flatback truck, and the truck ends up at one of Robin's gigs. There you go. Hey, did did you have Howard Jones over here? Oh, I'd like to get to know you well. He gets mentioned every day. Well, I noticed that... Because, I mean, in Britain, it was very much professional clustering. You know, Howard Jones appeared and Nick Kershaw appeared and they both had the same carrot top hair and those uh, kind of new age lyrics with synthesizers. They were yeah. basically, you know, like me and the captain, they were probably two second and a half generation right hippies right and they right completely... Right. So the old the hippie ideas were coming through, but by then it was new age. And, and yes. but, but I noticed you haven't mentioned Howard Jones... He gets a day. He gets. A, you yeah, know, we know. try to rotate them. Yeah. Oh. it just really irritates people. <laughs> pretty much. I'm sorry. <laughs> daily references on this program. Oh, Sid Barrett, One Howard Jones, so Frank Zappa. We oh, go yeah. for everything. What, what a team. Who do you want to see back, Richard Mars? Uh, I was thinking it's interesting that you mentioned the Kennedys because I thought Shona Lang. I'm not sure if you remember Shona Who's Lang. Who's Shona Lang? Who's she? She Did she hit. shoot Bobby? No, she had a big hit in the '80s called "Glad I'm Not a Kennedy." <laughs> oh, uh, really? <laughs> No, no. How, did, wow. how did it go, Shaxi? Uh, I'm glad I'm not a Kennedy. It was basically about, you know, how the terrible times sure. in the 60s oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a really great song. And also Suzanne Vega, not that she's Oh, funny, yeah, no, she's great. Yeah, Suzanne Vega is terrific. She's good for another hit, though, I She think. did one of my songs once with The Grateful Dead. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Is that right? Madison Square yeah. Gardens. The Dead were doing one of their sort of, you know, we'll play Madison Square Gardens for a month or something. Yeah. And they, Suzanne came up and she did uh, one of my songs. Called. There are so many songs. Uh, we can't play any of these, but you've got to, you know, type in Robin Hitchcock with a Y in the Robin into your Google. Check out a million albums. Uh, Dave Graney sent me a compilation of tracks from your various albums and I just couldn't stop driving around wasting petrol listening to it there on the go. weekend. Um, what about your Lou Vega? Don't tell me Mumbo Number 5. <laughs> I mean, I know Mumbo Number 5 was only a couple of years ago. But I reckon it's ready for a remix. <laughs> Shaggy, could he come? Is it too he's early never, for... He's never gone anywhere. Shaggy's Actually. got quite a lot of underground sort of dance hall cred. Mr. Yeah. Bombastic. Ah, oh, super fantastic. It was Lou Vega with a B. Was yeah. it? Who yeah. was that? Uh, Mumbo number five. It's very underground. You know, I could only reach <laughs> number one in about seven million countries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd probably miss that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> uh, we need to know who you think should be coming back. Yeah. Robin Kershaw. Sorry, I said Robin oh. Kershaw, who's a famous local film producer. Mm. I've combined Robin Hitchcock 
and Nick, Nick Kershaw, Kershaw, and I've come up with Robin Kershaw. Good name for a band. This is the show uh, full of. It's the Freudian slips episode. It's what, Freudian slips. One triple three five three. That's the number. Give us a call. Who do you think needs to make a comeback? One triple three five three. We'll be waiting. That's Snow Patrol. Oh. You're all I have here. Get this. Let's get up the Straight mountain. In. Robin Hitchcock. Unlikely as it may seem, is with us this morning as we say, who else do we want to have a comeback? Hello, Paul. Who would you like to see have a comeback? Good morning, gents. How are you doing? Excellent, sir. I would love to see a comeback from MC Hammer. You oh, know it. Really? <laughs> do, you, uh, do you want him to keep doing Can't Touch This or do you want him to move on? There are many things you can touch, but one thing is you can't touch this. Yes, yeah, that's so true. See, Robin, you... Obviously, gimmicky pants were the secret, though, weren't they? I mean, it was more about the pants than the music, wasn't it? Well, anyone that can turn the Adams Family uh, theme into a groove must have talent. I never knew. I never realised that, Paul. Oh, well, the Adams Family groove. That was a, a well, classic. So they, I think it was the second Adams Family movie that came out. Well done, Paul. Well done. That, that followed on from Vanilla Ice doing uh, a ninja rap, wasn't it, for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. I, I think they were a bit too thing. close when they did that, yes. <laughs> Robin looks slightly confused. Uh, what was it you weren't supposed to touch? Paul, it is this. Yeah, it wasn't specified. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's left to the imagination. Okay. It yeah. could have been anything. Uh, thank you, Paul. Hello, Troy. Hi, how are you going? Good, mate. What do you uh, want to see? Mate, um, I, uh, I had a band, I think it was in the 80s, uh, Shauna Dancing. Oh, uh, uh, Ricky Gervais from The Office. Ricky Gervais. That's right. And they only had two singles, I think. I don't think there was ever an album. No. <laughs> yeah, I just remember the film clip with Ricky Gervais's big head on it. It's quite funny. Yeah. yeah. You can get it on your YouTube. It's all over the place. Were no. they hits at the time? Were they, one of them was a hit because we used to play it in New Zealand. But then <laughs> Really? We'd play anything in those days. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Troy. Hello, hello, Shane. Hi, boys. How are we going? Excellent. Who would you like to see coming back? Oh, boys, back to the 80s as well. I've got a couple of one-hit wonders for you. What about uh, Baltimore? Oh, man, boy. How did that go? What did they sing? Somebody falling down a crevasse. It's not a song. <laughs> and it went into a Listerine ad, and then so, there was a terrible sort of dance remix of that <laughs> a, a couple of years oh, yeah, ago, wasn't the there? That's the one. And I've got another one, uh, Canada's favourite son, uh, Glass Tiger, after Brian Adams, of course. What did they do? Oh, I can't think of the song, but it was it was pretty cheesy. Oh. <laughs> Canada. That age. Brian Adams, Glass Tiger, hey. Nickelback. What a country. Well, hang on, Shane. <laughs> thank thank you for that, Shane. And staying in the world of Canada, hello, Paul. Who would you, who you'd like to see make a comeback? Men Without Hats. Now we're talking. Oh, Men, men Without Hats. Surely you remember the Men Without Hats. You can dance if you want yes, to. Yes, yes safety the dance. safety dance. Yeah, yeah. The safety dance. But people don't remember the follow-up. There was called? a was there? It was called, yeah. and I think this was the name, I think that I'm in Scotland and I'm walking walking through a paddock in the rain. So how did the beat go to that? I think that I'm in Scotland and I'm walking <laughs> through a paddock in the oh, rain. Oh, that's Scott beat. You know, they used the back heel. Uh, Franz Ferdinand do it and oh, uh, Big Country so and, nice. and Katie Tunstall and uh, there's a whole link. Um, oh. I've just gone right the way down I, from... I didn't realise that Men Without Hats were so close the to Franz Ferdinand's. <laughs> and yeah, the Proclaimers, we... it's that same thing. Oh, hey, can't stop it. Not oh, any the... reference oh, to Scotland. Oh, uh, is it, Paul, is that right? Oh. Was there a follow-up? Uh, the only new safety dance. I didn't think they would uh, actually bother. <laughs> they just go, we can't top that. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Uh, hello, Shalee. How are you? I'm very well. I'd also just like to say, as debonair as windswept Marslanders, Ed Cavalier, you so do it for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you 
Although you have to be in. careful. It is Cavalier. It's not Cavalier. Oh, Cavalier. He's, not a, he's not the oh. laughing Cavalier. Oh, my God. How can I ever be with him if I get, my, if I get his name wrong? Well, I have to work on that. That's, uh, that's the something for us to work out off air. Now, who would you like to see make a comeback? Okay, so Frankie goes to Hollywood, uh, but in particular, their 12-minute version of The Power of Love. Oh, Do you even know yeah. that song? Yeah, that was a number. That was their third number was one. The third one. Yeah, it wasn't really that much Look of a hit. Knowledge, knowing that I actually still own that on vinyl. Wow. <laughs> Tell me something. What? How did that go? How did? Was it the power of love? It's the power of love, but in deep reverb. Deep it reverb. comes and from one of the, the book. Is, um, <laughs> I'll keep the vampires from your door. I'll protect you. <laughs> yes, it was very cheesy. It was wonderful. Well, that's good. That's yeah. a nice. Good. Well, there's promise. a lot of vampires that's and only one door. They were, and only Frankie goes to Hollywood can protect you from the vampires. There you go. And did you have you bumped into? I just saw. I saw. Um, Holly Johnson actually last week in Liverpool yeah. and uh, the vampires were indeed he was w- waving the garlic <laughs> around and none of them could get into the club we were in every time a vamp began to get through the door we go Holly do your stuff he was out there with the little cloves you know it was fantastic he's still, he's still keeping the maintaining the rage good on him well that's everyone wasn't there a, this might just be one of those uh, urban myths but isn't the story that Holly Johnson was booked on the famous Lockerbie flight that, uh, oh, really? that blew up and he didn't come to the airport and wasn't on the flight. Wow. Jeez, well, he's still alive, so one would assume he yeah. didn't get on it. Yeah. And on that cheery note... That wow. might just be one of those urban myths like, you know, people have got gerbils up the back passage. We don't need any of that what? sort of talk oh, on the what? show. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, there's a song idea, yeah, says Robert. Hey, uh, no, I've already... I wrote that years ago. Wow. Are we on there? <laughs> no, we are. Sweet oh, okay, as no. Those are sweet comebacks, but you're a sw- very sweet essential 2006 countdown is coming up. Probably won't hear Frankie Goes to Hollywood's 12-minute Power of Love. Yeah. Something better. Two tribes might get a run Might get a run. Thank you for coming in and popping down to our level, Robin Hitchcock. Oh, where are we? (laughs) (laughs) The gutter. (laughs) Has it stopped? I can't give you the exact latitude, but uh, it's almost over. Oh, oh, Uh, really? You've got a new album out. Yes, I think I have. Is it the same one I had at the beginning of the show? You've got so many <laughs> album outs that I think it might still be the same one. Ole uh, Tarantula, Ole Tarantula by Robin right. Hitchcock and The Venus Three. That is so worth a listen. Uh, he's going to be in uh, the basement in Sydney. That's tom- tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. The Clarendon Guest House Theatre, Katoomba, on mm-hmm. Thursday. Friday at the Grand Central in Richmond, in Melbourne. And then Saturday the 21st, that's this Saturday, the Corova Lounge in Ballarat. Ballarat. Go and get locked in the stocks for the afternoon <laughs> and pop down for some music. Thanks for coming in, Robin Hitchcock. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Thank everyone you. who called. And our key phrase today it was something about being punched in the face with a tangelo <laughs> in your mouth. I think something like that. <laughs> and we'll be back tomorrow with Glenn Robbins and Snato Garo. And it's all thanks to the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. It's bloody big. We shouldn't um, imagine that something like this couldn't happen in Australia.